Many times we need to keep our health in check, but don't know what questions to ask or where to begin. We walk in blindly to our health care provider and walk out none the wiser and maybe even more confused than before. Can you take charge of your health and arm yourself with the questions and preparedness you need? The answer is yes. Welcome to Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs. This program will answer your questions and give you the best practices for facing your medical partner in good health. Now, here's Dr. Susan Downs. Hello, this is Dr. Susan, and welcome to Occupy Health. Here we explore all sorts of uh, medical issues, how to be healthy, how we can take control of our health, what we can do to be proactive in our health, and not wait for somebody to have a suggestion. Far better to prevent illnesses, stay healthy, build up our immunity, rather than wait till something goes wrong and we rely on somebody else to give us temporary solutions in the, you know, in the form of whatever they do. We need to look underneath and get to the core issues so we can get better and thrive and help each other out. So today we have an expert. Uh, we have Dr. Anna Kabeka. She's an internationally acclaimed menopause and sexual health expert. She's a global speaker and pioneering promoter of women's health. She is Emory University trained and triple board certified in gynecology, obstetrics, and integrative (laughs) medicine, and anti-aging and regenerative medicine. She's the author of The Hormone Fix and has another book coming out, which I hope she tells us about. The Hormone Fix is a diet and holistic lifestyle program for menopausal women. Dr. Kabeka has reached hundreds of thousands of women around the globe, inspiring them to reclaim their optimal health and realize their journey through uh, um, the menopause and find more purpose and pleasure than ever dreamed possible. She balances her passion for women's health with faith, grace, and skill while raising her four daughters and leading the nonprofit foundation she created in the honor of her son, Garrett B. Vinez, who tragically died as a toddler. Welcome, Dr. Kabeka. Thanks for having me, Susan. Great to be here with you as always. Yeah. So tell us about some of the work you've been doing and some of your passions. Yeah. Well, I tell you, you know, part of my my journey and my story, you know, is that I um, went through early menopause at age 39. And when my, you know, Emory University doctor's bag was empty and I was diagnosed with this early menopause and permanent irreversible infertility, that led me literally on a journey around the world. I mean, I was devastated. I know what, you know, it feels like to, you know, check your pregnancy test and have it negative again and again and again and and to so want to have a baby and then to feel like, you know, the, you know, failure at it. And it was a definitely devastation on devastation at the time of our lives. Through that journey, though, I just was able to use food as medicine and lifestyle to not only reverse early menopause, but become spontaneously pregnant with a baby I was told I would never be able to have. And um, her name's Ava Marie. So she's 13 now, so I'm 55 with a 13-year-old. It's a whole nother series of, of interviews to talk about being a, a 50-year-old mom with a teenager, for sure. That should be a, that's a special, that's a special angelic designation, to be honest. <laughs> it sounds like it. So... Yeah, so so I really, you know, with four daughters and um, 
and my own story really have got dug into healing our bodies as naturally as possible and empowering people to take back the power over their own health, to understand what works for them and what works against them, to understand the epigenetic integration of the things that, that we're doing in our life and how that can positively impact them or negatively impact them. So this is where my career has, has taken me from, you know, being and, you know, studying osteopathic medicine, training at Emory University in gynecology obstetrics, and then going on to board certified in regenerative medicine as well as integrative medicine. And I continue learning every day, right, off the challenges in, in today's system. So I've written some books to empower individuals, especially women going through hormone imbalance issues and menopause. So my books, The Hormone Fix and Keto Green 16, and you alluded to my new book coming out, and that's called Menu Pause. <laughs> you got to love the name, right, Susan? Well, I want to know about Menu Pause. I hope it doesn't mean we have to stop eating. No, no. But we have to stop certain things for a certain amount of time. So changing things up. It really is about changing things up, having some variety. And in Menu Pause, there's five distinct menu plans, each pausing something different, and they're only six days long each. To break through a plateau, to identify maybe there's something in our diet that we've been incorporating, one of those healthy foods even, that could be causing inflammation in our body. So through the the five different plans, each have a certain um, dietary dietary and nutritional approach. That's pretty cool. Fun. Wow. Um, and the big well, thing that is sounds keto. Pretty I know interesting. we can have a discussion so, about keto, too. So tell us more about that. So, you know, this is something I was just actually at um, with my friend, J.J. Virgin, who you know, and a group of uh, women, uh, business mastermind, just a, um, let's say, a get-together of women, um, business owners and health entrepreneurs, business founders and health entrepreneurs and in other areas too. It was really beautiful. And I was able to sit and talk with um, the Betty Rocker, Brie Argensinger, who has just an amazing platform, Exercise and Fitness. And she brought this concern to me, as you did, Susan. She goes, you know, I just don't see keto working for women. I can't, I can't bring up that discussion because it's just not healthy. I said, you're absolutely right. There's a healthy way, and then there's an unhealthy way to do keto. Dr. Pompo, last month, he was mentioning having a day where we just whoopee, let it all go loose. And I can go for seven days of whoopee, except he did (laughs) advocate for minimizing carbohydrates and stuff, which that's not my idea of whoopee, but it's a good start. Um, Anyway, so tell me more about your varying your diet in these five different types you mentioned. Yeah, like one of them is a whoopee week, essentially. But I I would agree. I mean, we need this metabolic flexibility. We do need this metabolic flexibility. And that means, like, you know, and I typically say 10% fasting, 80% keto green. The keto green is my approach. I'll explain that in a minute. And 10% feasting. And, you know, like, you have to change things up. Now, This is so important for women, and it goes to a little bit of my story and my journey, Susan. And when I was, um, I told you when I was 39, I went through an early menopause and was diagnosed with infertility. And then at 48, I was like (laughs) slipping down that slippery, slippery slope yet again. 
And here I was, highly trained OBGYN, experiencing weight gain without doing anything different, brain fog. And listen, I was a single mom with three girls at home, two teenagers, and a wee one in elementary school. And you cannot have brain fog. These girls will figure out how to manipulate you. Any moms out there with teenage girls can relate to that, <laughs> maybe. But it, you know, that I'll say it's a cruel, you know, uh, joke to be going through menopause when your kids are going through puberty. It's just mm-hmm. like it is just ideal time for hormone chaos. So it became a real priority to balance my hormones as well. And um, especially the weight gain, because at one point I was well over 240 pounds, lost 80 pounds, and kept it off for nearly a decade. And so that was, I mean, that's just a really important factor that really upsets a lot of women when you're not doing anything different, and all of a sudden the scale is going up and up and up. So that took me to completely restrict carbohydrates and do a keto diet, which I've been familiar with because my uh, oldest daughter has seizures, has a seizure disorder. So familiar with incorporating keto into our lifestyle, her lifestyle to help with seizure frequency. And, um, but as I started doing keto in the perimenopause, right at 48, 47, 48, I felt like I was going, I called it keto crazy, keto cranky, keto crazy. I felt like I hit a wall. I didn't like how I felt. I didn't like how I would overreact. And I needed to understand what's happening biochemically, physiologically, that's causing me to do this because it's not my nature. And I've heard this from woman after woman after woman about the same thing. And I want to pause a second because so many women and, you know, see men doing keto, you know, just meat and bacon and everything all day. Men have 10 times as much testosterone. There's a hormonal difference. Testosterone's an anabolic hormone. If I say nothing else, I want everyone to go home from this uh, recording understanding men and women are different, right? We do things differently. And over our medical careers, you've seen this too, the medical practices implemented for women oftentimes were based on research done only on men or male animal models. We have to change this. And as an OBGYN women's health advocate, I think this is, this is one of the biggest things I want people to understand. We, can, we have to look through. We have to look through generational studies on women. We have to understand women's hormonal issues. And keto, in the fact of keto, it's no different. Men have 10 times as much testosterone. They do keto differently. They won't lose as much bone, muscle, you know, collagen breakdown, et cetera, as women will. So we have to do keto in a right way. We do have to get into ketosis, though. So, and I'll tell you why. <clears throat> do you have any questions before I... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so you say women in keto tend to lose more bone and collagen than the men do? Yes. Yes. Men have the anabolic hormone in testosterone, so they're going to naturally stay built up longer. So women will get into more of an acidifying state. Now, there's controversy. The our blood pH, you know, our, our blood gas, our blood pH, arterial blood gas pH is not going to change significantly. We will rob Peter to pay Paul to keep mineral balance. And this is what the keto world's realized now that more and more people have been doing keto. They're like, oh, take electrolytes. Well, electrolytes are alkaline, alkalinizers. 
these are going to help balance your pH because they're seeing too, in men on keto long term, we need those alkalinizers. We need those minerals. And so I propose we get it from the food we eat, the plant-based food and the micronutrients that feed our gut microbiome to support hormone balance. And in that way, balance our, you know, balance our pH, balance our um, tolerance and improve, improve the way we need to do keto. But because our, because the hormone changes that we're going through in midlife create, you know, I had to wonder why is it creating the brain fog and why did, when I went keto, did all of that clear up? And that's because our brain will use glucose for fuel, ideally, right? First and available, and it's the prime utilizer of glucose for fuel. And um, when that's at low levels, not available, we will use ketones for fuel in the brain. Well, as the use of glucose for fuel as the, in the brain or gluconeogenesis in the brain is estrogen-dependent, hormone-dependent. So in our mid-30s to 40s, as we start going through our hormonal shift from ovarian decline, as we normally, as we shift and our hormones, progesterone, estrogen, testosterone start to decline, our brain is actually starving for fuel. So shifting to use ketones for fuel is mandatory, whether we're doing it from a healthy keto green approach is the approach that I use and or fasting, periodic fasting, that makes such a huge difference for our brain and it does light up our brain. Okay. So you, in, mm. so does this mean... Did I convince you to do keto yet, Susan? I know you're a paleo girl. No, I'm gonna get I you do on keto green. fasting. I stop eating about two figuring that's Mm -hmm. maybe the best I can do is I eat ice cream. Um, But, okay, so are you saying that if we take electrolytes along with a keto diet, that will put us on an equal footing with men so we won't lose our bone and collagen? I'm saying we have to monitor. I'm saying electrolytes will help and alkalinizing greens will help. And, you know, oftentimes bioidentical hormone replacement therapy will help. But... We have to test, not guess. We have to look. And I have, and it's also, food is one piece of the puzzle. And I teach this, uh, I go deep into this in my book, Keto Green 16. But food is one piece of the puzzle because cortisol is a huge acidifier. As women are going through perimenopause and menopause, there's additional stresses. There's the physiologic stress of the hormone changes on our body. And there's typically home, lifestyle, work, and relationship stresses. And now we're in pandemic stress. Add that. The hormones that depleted, the hormone that is depleted is progesterone predominantly to make cortisol. Well, cortisol is the most acidifying hormone in our body. We can be a complete, on a complete alkaline plant-based diet and be very acidic. Our urine pH can be very acidic. And I measure urine pH because that is a vital sign. It's a vital sign as important as our pulse as our blood pressure, as our weight. So if we are stressed and producing cortisol, even with the best diet, our urine pH is going to be acidic. And acidic urine pH is associated with heart cancer, inflammation, metabolic disease, heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, et cetera. And, um, and so lifestyle changes have to shift. So between a healthy keto green plan, intermittent fasting, 
and oxytocin increasing behaviors, which we're looking in the literature, oxytocin, the hormone of love, bonding, and connection, the most powerful hormone in our body, also the most alkalinizing, which explains if you're, you know, you can be eating even a more crappy diet, but you, you know, like stress just flows off of you. You are easy to laugh. You have fun. You're enjoying life. You're with friends and community. You feel love. You love yourself. You then that's oxytocin, gratitude, prayer practices, meditation practices, increasing oxytocin. And the thing is, that creates a more alkaline urine pH. It is incredible physiology. And you can measure urine pH and ketones to really identify how well you're doing on the keto diet to get into ketosis and an alkaline urine pH at the same time. Seriously, it's like magic. It feels amazing. And I've had tens of thousands of women doing this now for um, a few years, and they will say the same thing. They all hate testing their urine pH and ketones initially, but then they're like, oh, my gosh, this is so great. This is such great information. It, makes, it helps you identify toxic thoughts, toxic behaviors, toxic actions, as well as foods, including food sensitivities that create inflammation. Also, we'll see a more of an acidic urine pH as we do that. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, sounds pretty cool. So, hugging my dogs each night that yeah. might get the oxytocin going and absolutely counteract some of these other things. Mm-hmm. Probably why you get away with eating ice cream and have a good body weight. <laughs> and great oh, I don't brain. have good body weight. <laughs> things are sticking out where they shouldn't, or at least where I don't want them to. Okay. Um, so, um, what so now else? have I convinced you to try keto green, or you're still going to be stuck with paleo? I, uh, I, I have, have a problem too, finding any vegetables it. that... I've never met a vegetable that I really like. I have a problem getting those in. Okay, i got to send you my Mighty Maca Plus, the alkalinizing green superfood combination. That's the help. I like that. That's a help for a lot. Yeah, they, that's a big help for people that you know, often we can't get enough greens. I do two or three scoops of that a day. But thinking things like sprouts or making a smoothie and, you know, getting sneaky with your greens. If you're making a spaghetti sauce, you know, chopping in some greens, parsley, um, you know, into that spaghetti sauce, herbs and spices, right? Those are huge alkalinizers. Putting sprouts on your foods and quick, easy ways like broccoli sprouts, so good for your breast too. And for hormone detoxification, that's important. Also, like we know that the gut microbiome, the more diverse gut microbiome, the healthier and longer lived we are without disease. So plant diversity, diversity in our diet improves gut microbial diversity. So we we gotta we gotta do that. We gotta add that in. We gotta get sneaky about adding some some veggies into your into your diet plan. Yeah, I need to get sneaky. I do stop eating about two in the afternoon and that you know, for the intermittent fasting, but that might not yeah. be enough. So, um, how do you? Uh, so, you measure the ketosis, and what else do you measure? How in your urine, and how? Uh, what else do you do to measure how well you're doing on the diet? Yeah. So that one thing is urine ketones, and that's a good way to start. And I created keto pH strips, so it's very easy to measure both at the same time. And urine pH. Now, when we are in ketosis for a long time, which, again, if we're taking these feast days periodically, we're going to bump out of ketosis and then we'll bump back in and we'll still be able to see ketones in our urine. Um, so, but if we're doing a long 
term, like my seizure patients, and a long, longer-term state of ketosis, eventually we won't see the ketones in the urine, but we will see them in the blood. And I always think it's really good to measure urine ketones, compare it to your blood ketones. You can also do breath ketones. So um, in these three different ways you can measure. So the blood ketones are technically the gold standard and, um, and a good indicator, but I don't want to stick myself every day. And checking your urine pH at the same time as measuring your urine ketones helps guide you. And that for me was just so cool because I'm, I'm just... I don't know if you know this about me, Susan, but I was a scientist before I went to medical school. I actually did um, research with the U.S. Navy in, in hyperbaric medicine and exercise physiology there in Bethesda, Maryland. And so, you know, I love looking at the underlying, underlying mechanisms of action. So as a scientist, right, we have to test, don't guess. And, of course, we know what gets measured gets managed. So I'm really big on, on looking to see what happens. So I also wore um, a continuous glucose monitor for almost a year in writing my book, Keto Green 16, because I wanted to make sure all the diet plans that I was doing and the recipes that I was incorporating really kept the blood sugar nice and stable for those, you know, for those um, 16 days. And what I recognized was, like, when checking urine pH and ketones, say you get up in the morning and you've been fasting since 2 p.m. the night before, and the morning you have you know, uh, urine ketones, maybe you're acidic. So we're going to bump up your alkalinizers, your minerals, you know, have you do a couple scoops of Mighty Maca in the morning and, um, and you go work out and you, you haven't eaten yet. You come back and you check your urine pH and ketones and you're not in ketosis anymore. You're like, Oh my gosh, what happened? I mean, I haven't been eating. This was my discovery. I'm like, I just, I worked out really hard, did my boxing workout and now there's no ketone. I'm still fasting. What's going on? Well, looking at my, um, glucose monitor during my workout, my blood sugar went up to like 160 to 200 in the high intense. It came right back down, but it peaked up because of, you know, muscle glycogen being converted to glucose for energy during the workout, which was so cool, but that explained something. Another benefit of testing is drinking my morning coffee in the morning. My blood glucose, like I would wake up fasting in ketosis and even alkaline urine pH would drink my cup of coffee and I'd be out of ketosis and acidic. I get that coffee is acidic, but wait, shouldn't get me a black coffee with no cream, no MCT, no nothing in it. Why would that kick me out of glucose? I mean, out of ketosis. So the glucose monitor showed me that my cup of coffee in the morning on my tender adrenals, caffeine increases cortisol, which increases glucose. So it was raising my glucose 20 to 30 points in a fasted state. So I thought that was really fascinating. So I figured, because I am a coffee uh, connoisseur, I like to consider that. So now I drink my coffee after I break fast instead of during my fast. And these are things we have to discover, you know, especially individual, right, bio-individuality and women versus men. Men may be more able to tolerate their cup of coffee in the morning than women, and some women may be able to tolerate their cup of coffee. I know genetically I'm a fast caffeine metabolizer, so it was quite interesting, interesting um, end of one research, and that led me to ask others and, and um you know, it's 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 a pretty it's a pretty common occurrence, which is pretty cool when you look for it and you know what to look for. 
you can see. And that's the thing at Emory University, we were one of our attendings would always say, the eyes don't see what the mind don't know. But once your mind knows it, your eyes will see it. I think we're dealing with a lot of that right now. Well, last month's guest, Dr. Pompa, in his book, he mentioned that for coffee, it raises glucose in some and not for others. So what I hear is you're confirming Mm -hmm. that. So you recommend uh-huh. taking the coffee later rather than early in the morning, or how do you get around that yeah. as a coffee level? I do. I recommend taking it after you break fast whenever possible. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And see what it does to your body. I mean, test. Continuous glucose monitors should be over-the-counter, in my opinion. Everyone should wear them and see what, you know, again, that gives you um, a environment, you know, how is your genetics, how is your physiology being affected by your nutrition and your environment. That's important information each of us should have. You shouldn't have to go to your, you know, hospital or your medical clinic to get this information. We should be empowered with this information, just like home blood sugar monitors, but the continuous glucose monitor currently available by prescription only. You ask your doctors for it. Everyone listening, ask your doctors. Do it for two weeks, four weeks, six weeks. I mean, just get an idea of, of what's happening with what you're doing. It can it can be just such an eye-opening um, mass of information that will help you make some ahas. Oh, no wonder when I drink coffee in the morning, I'm like feeling like I'm crashing. When I don't drink coffee, I have more energy throughout the day. Like, what's what's going on with that? Some people, coffee initially gives you energy, but then you crash. Others are fine. So seeing what's happening with your physiology makes a really big difference. So what is this? How did you make those lifestyle changes, like going keto green? (laughs) I'm sorry, I missed that. What is this continuous glucose monitoring? Is this something you put in your body and you stick in it and you just wear it around? What is it? It's It's like a patch you put on your arm, and Abbott Pharmaceutical makes one called the Freestyle Libre, and it stays like it, it's a small, like it goes on with a small needle, the needle's removed, there's a small filament that goes on, and it measures interstitial glucose. So you put it on the fatty part of your tricep area of your arm, and um, it's really easy to wear, and, you know, once you get used to it, you don't even think about it. You can also put it on lower abdomen, other parts of your body, um, but it's mostly studied by that back part of your arm. <clears throat> and um, and so it costs about forty dollars for cash pay. Forty dollars. You don't need a uh, you'd need a prescription from your doctor to get it at this time. And it has a Bluetooth device. You don't even have to buy the monitor. You can use your smartphone that has an NFC reader. You know, like the if you if you can pay with your phone, that's the NFC reader. I don't so, know what that um, is. I don't know what that you don't is. Do that? I don't have Wi-Fi. I don't know what well, that is. What is it? <laughs> Well, well, you might need you might need the uh, the additional device to go with that. But anyway, the um, freestyle lever is like a you know a silver dollar size, goes on the back of your arm, just sticks in, stays there for two weeks, and you tap your either your device, your Bluetooth. Um, device for the Freestyle Libre, just like a glucose monitor device, or you tap your smartphone to it, and it will give you your blood sugar, your current blood sugar. It's a little delayed behind blood by about 15 to 20 minutes, but it really gives you, and it gives you a continuous, it stores eight hours of that data and transfers, you know, transfer it to your phone or to your, you know, if you don't have a smartphone, you would use um, this other, you know, it's well, it I have a smartphone, a, a device. I just don't have Wi-Fi, so you can use a smartphone? Oh, yeah, you can use a smartphone. It has the NFC, most 
all phones. I was like, I haven't seen your phone, Susan, so I'm not sure if you have a flip phone. Still. I was going to ask. <laughs> okay. So, you know, the and it, you can see your blood sugar over time. It's really cool. It's a really cool thing that really gives you a lot of information about what you're doing. And like, say, for example, early on I was traveling, and so my daughter and I were traveling to California, and we, there's a five guy. She's like, Mom, can we have five guys? I'm like, you can. I'm in my fast. And so she gets French fries. She's like, oh, I can't eat all these. And I was like, oh, okay, well, let me have a few, right? So I had like 15 French fries. My blood sugar shot right up to like around 160, and then it shot down to below my baseline within the next hour. And, and I didn't know at the time, but I'd like on the plane, I took a nap and I typically work on the planes. So I took a nap and I was tired, but that's like, that's because my blood sugar had dropped so much. And then I was hungry, of course, craving the the moment I woke up. So that's, that's like willpower is physiologic because of that quick spike and drop in blood sugar that in encourages cravings, and you want to see what that's doing. Did I think 15 fries would do that to me? Heck no. Do I know now? Yes. Now I'm very conscious when I eat those fries. (laughs) I think when you're on the path toward diabetes, the first thing that goes is um, right right after you eat, your, your insulin right after goes away, so you can surge way up. And then, you know, mine surged up way high, higher than you can imagine, and then comes right down. And then over time, uh, then, you know, but you can bring it down in the morning. Over time, as the disease progresses, then your morning fasting sugars rise. So uh, going up to 160 might be the start on that pathway. So, well, and insulin resistance. The problem is, like, not too long ago, in a very popular magazine, you know, and and in the news or across my news feed, it said, "Oh, you know, the top menopause diet." I was like, "Huh." Well, number one, first of all, my keto green diet is the top menopause diet. So, of course, my ego was was um, activated, and I was like, "Well, let me see what they say." And the, I look at the the diet; it's three meals, three snacks. That's the quickest way to Alzheimer's, and I can recommend for anyone. Three meals, three snacks. That is ridiculous. That is a bodybuilder, an elite athlete with an incredible metabolism type of diet. We can do two or three meals, and we have to intermittent fast. We, especially post-age 50, that is plenty. The snacking is the snacking, snacking, snacking increases insulin resistance. Because we're constantly having to address the sugar that's being secreted into our system and address the digestion that's occurring as well. So that is the quickest way to insulin resistance. And that's what we're doing with our children. Oh, you must have a snack break. And what's that snack break? Oh, the healthy snack break is considered a banana. The unhealthy snack break is, uh, you know, I don't know, cookies. And so, like, we are creating insulin resistance in our youth, and we've seen this. And, you know, and there's, a, you know, a genetic, certainly an epigenetic um, uh, journey to this as well because more insulin-resistant moms in pregnancies have more insulin-resistant and obese children. So we have to stop this through all ages at this time. We don't, we can live without a snack. Maybe the elite athletes need a snack. but You mentioned that meat might kick you all. out of ketosis. Uh, my understanding yeah. is that if you eat meat, a lot of it, it will increase your insulin, your blood sugar and insulin. But if you eat the fat with it, that's mitigated. But that um, 
But too much but protein so, will definitely increase glucose. Yeah. So if you have the protein or the steak that you recommended, how or you know or something, how long would that kick you out of ketosis? So so you can stay in ketosis with a healthy. I'll, I'll go through a keto green day, a day in the life of being keto green, but a healthy amount of protein, say you know six. Six ounces, eight ounces of protein is not going to kick you out. It's when you're doing that, you know, excessive, excessive amounts and more frequently that can give you, get you in trouble. And again, it also depends on your metabolism, your muscle mass, and, you know, other insulin sensitivity factors. So there's not a hard, you know, rule around this, except you got to test, don't guess, right? And this is really fascinating. Susan, I was speaking, lecturing in front of a 1,000 people for a keto conference a couple of years back, and I asked everyone, how many of you are doing keto? And, like, you know, the entire room, about 90% of the room raised their hand. I said, how many of you are testing your urine ketones, blood ketones, you know, breath ketones, any ketones? And less than 10% of the room raised their hand. So you're not doing a keto diet. You don't know if your body's actually getting into ketosis. So you could be, you know, really creating harm. And so I say test on cast. So that's number one. I want, and, and that's where the bio-individuality and you become your best detective. I said, put your Nancy Drew hat on or Hardy Boy hat on. We're going to figure out what's working for me at my current stress level, at my current physical and physiologic state, at my current, you know, environmental situation. So... So this is this is the fun part. A day in keto green, for instance, for um, example, would be say um, breaking fast at after a fifteen sixteen hours. Then you can do longer, shorter, but say on average sixteen hour intermittent fast. I find this works best for menopausal women, women over forty five fifty. So. Um, after a 16-hour fast, say from 6 p.m., you're breaking fast, or 6 or 7 p.m., you're breaking fast at 10 or 11 a.m., and you're um, having a keto green, you can have a, a keto green meal. So smoked salmon with capers, onions on a bed of sautéed spinach. You can even add a, um, a poached egg with hollandaise sauce onto that mix, which sounds amazing. So that's healthy fat, healthy, high-quality protein. And you can put a side of avocado to get additional fat in there and alkalinizers green. Sprinkle it with some broccoli sprouts. You can also make a very easy keto green smoothie. So a keto green um, protein uh, mix with zero grams of sugar. Add, you know, one or two scoops of that. Add in some additional a quarter slice of avocado because avocado to your smoothie makes it so creamy. Really nice. And then I would put in, especially yours, like a handful of sprouts, some, you know, uh, greens in there too, some sneak those into your smoothie. You won't be able to taste them, but you'll really be able to enjoy the benefit of them. And maybe you want to put, if you like chocolate, a little bit of cocoa or a little bit of cinnamon to add some additional flavor. Anyway, you can blend that up. And there's your keto green smoothie. It's a zero gram sugar and good quality protein and good quality fat. So, and that's giving you, the greens in there, too, are giving you fiber. So, you're not going to get this, you know, increase in blood sugar at all when you do something like that, with, you know, for breakfast. You could do steak and eggs with some greens also for breakfast, and that's going to keep your blood sugar nice and stable. It's when we add the fruit, the juice, the grains, that's going to rise our blood sugar and get, get us hungry before our next meal. 
So the a lunch would be if you were doing lunch would be you could do um, a, a beautiful you know bed of of arugula or um, baby spinach and put some um, sliced steak or shrimp or whatever protein of your choice on there and drizzle it with olive oil. A tablespoon of olive oil is amazing and some seasoning, uh, Himalayan salt. I love that and. Top it with some sprouts. Add a side of avocado for additional fat if you want to, but you can use the olive oil, so that's good. And dinner, again, could be um, a, a fish, an amazing sea bass, which I'm craving today, or some steak, grilled steak with cardamom on both sides. Adding herbs and spices are alkalinizers and also add tremendous flavor to the benefit of food. And so, and then served with a side of greens. And there's some great recipes that I have, and um, some a lot of free recipes, dessert recipes, like an you know a chocolate mousse, but made with avocado and coconut cream, and it's amazing. So if you you know having that need for dessert, you can do that. But again, keeping blood sugar really, really stable. So that's the day in the life of a keto green, you know, keto green dieter. <coughs> And what if you But it's also more than the food. It's sugar. about the lifestyle. Oops, sorry, I lost you there. What if you cheat and have something with some sugar? <laughs> well, then you just pick up where you left off. Be grateful. Do something extra, like play with your dog some more to increase oxytocin. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I would just say you just pick up where you left off and start, you know. I, I love the book, Anne of Green Gables, and in it, Anne says... I can't wait for tomorrow because there's no mistakes in it yet. <laughs> yeah. And enjoy yourself yet. So, like, you can have your feast days. The problem is that we get metabolic, you know, as we get older, the um, issue with gluconeogenesis in the brain is a really significant um, problem in so many of us and maybe a contributing factor to why women have over two times as much Alzheimer's and dementia as men. So we really have to correct that. We have to test, not guess. We have to do studies on women. We have to look at these physiologic markers and we have to incorporate these lifestyle changes. And I listed them out. There are 16 key ones that I write about in my book, Keto Green 16. But the biggest thing, things we do to increase oxytocin. So saying grace before you eat, pausing, being grateful for your food, being in good company that you enjoy around you, those are things that increase oxytocin. So that's why, that's why I always say when, you know, the, the research came out on resveratrol, the, you know, so we know resveratrol, potent antioxidant that can improve your risk of cardiovascular disease. And this is the key to the French wine drinkers and the Italian wine drinkers. And I, I completely combat that statement. Yes, I, I like the research on resveratrol as an antioxidant, but what is it really? Is it like someone sitting at home alone drinking a glass of wine or two every night that's going to help them? Or is it having a table full of your friends and family and you're sitting together and you're toasting and celebrating and cheering each other and laughing and telling stories, right? That's the true medicine. That's the true medicine. That's oxytocin. That's good, powerful, loving community. That's giving love and receiving love. That's contributing to others and receiving. That's the true, you know, that is the biggest. Like when I look at biohacking, that's the biggest biohack we can do. Oh, okay, wait, good. let me just clarify that. Doesn't mean, what other biohacking hints do you have? 
for longevity. Other biohacking tips for longevity? Yes. Definitely intermittent fasting and extended fasting periodically. Living, you know, keto grain, testing that urine pH and seeing what puts you into acidity. And when you're there, quickly add in alkalinizers as well as alkalinizing behavior. I mean, watch a funny movie, go play in the park, hang out with your best friends, call your, you know, someone who makes you laugh all the time, right? So increase your, you know, really balance out the normal stresses that are in our lives. That's huge. Other things that, you know, we're looking at are certainly supplementing in a smart way and bioidentical hormones. I really am, am an advocate for bioidentical topical progesterone in women, especially over age 50, to help with, number one, the neurologic decline that many of us experience, but to balance out and you balance out our physiology. So progesterone, and, and would we need it if we lived in the Amazon and we were outside every day sleeping um, on the cycle of the, the sun and the moon and eating food freshly picked in the energy of, of the Earth's gravitational field? I mean, like, probably not, but, you know, we would call that earthing now. Now there's a name for it. So if we were doing that, but the way we're living our lives, like, Progesterone is a huge biohack, and I've used it. I use it a lot in women, and I've used it in men to help them get a good night's sleep, as well as um, for anxiety and depression. And um, bioidentical progesterone, I use Balance Cream, which has bioidentical progesterone and pregnenolone, and it's currently available over the counter. So I use that topically in clients at night. I cycle it typically or give them one or two nights off a week because progesterone, according to the current research that I've been reading, should not be done every single day continuously. We need to take those days off to give the HPA access um, uh, a chance to um, reset, so to speak. So that was so called balance cream, a big bio and you recommend it five, maybe nights a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for women, topically around 20 milligrams. For men, around 5 milligrams. Mm-hmm. And men specifically, you know, if they're having difficulty sleeping, having anxiety, having depression, memory issues, that's a, a, big, a big piece. And what other biohacking I mean, can we do? What other biohacking? Yes. Muscle. Muscle is magic. The older we get, we need to keep building muscle. Muscle movement is amazing. So weight-bearing exercises, and and according to the research, I always look for the easiest ways to do things. So two to three days of um, weightlifting, essentially, is fantastic. Other things is to challenge your body's limits and break you out of routine. So, for example, um, infrared saunas and cold ice plunges. Even if we, and I spoke with Dr. Terry Walls, author of the Walls Protocol, who healed herself from MS with nutrition, and um, just incredible, incredible woman and leader. And she does cold plunges every day. And so, of course, I was like, well, can I just turn the shower to cold? And she goes, that's a good start, and you don't have to stay in it long. Just even 30 seconds to a minute. And um, so do your hot shower, and then at the end, turn it to cold. Typically... um, until you don't feel like it's cold anymore after that initial shock. 
but you know it's a good it's a good habit to get into and cold plunges are becoming really popular but i much prefer the infrared saunas so high intensity interval training will increase our testosterone and treat and increase our growth hormones so we want to do that we want to do weight bearing exercises we have to intermittent fast and in my opinion get keto green but cycle in you know some feasting and really focus on oxytocin, the most powerful hormone in our body. So those are, those are the key biohacks that I recommend. I love the word in there, feasting. So tell us about this 10% feasting. <laughs> but I assume that means uh, not a lot of high carbs. Well, yeah. I mean, like, you know, it, it, what keeps you, what keeps you um, compliant the rest of the time, the 90% of the time, right? So what does feasting look like for you? And then you do your research. Well, I can feast on this topical sauna. It's great, but I can't feast on this creme caramel or flan because, you know, dairy sensitivity and I feel terrible for three days. So, like, look at what you can feast on. In my book, Menu Pause, there's a six-day, essentially, feasting recipe plan. So each one is a little, you know, like what our dessert would be, like a healthy option for a healthy dessert, some higher carbs, more on the on the paleo, but, um, but you know, really, really good feasting nutrition. So I would say, like, for example, you're, you know, having your um, sweet potato with your food, but you have to watch. I have one client, I probably have more, but one client specifically that's been with me since I started Keto Green since 2015, and her name's Mary. She's um, amazing. She's 67 years old now, and she says that feasting throws her into uh, eating disorder, so she really stays low-carb. She goes, once I start feasting, I can't stop. So she's learned to really, to really stay with a low-glycemic diet plan. And so, and she's doing amazing. I mean, all her blood markers and everything are better than they were 10 years ago. So that's a key thing. Inflammatory markers are down. Hemoglobin A1C is down. You know, those are critical, critical markers. So you want to look at those things, too, and see. So, yeah, if you have your feasting, your ice cream, and you feel good the next morning, that's great. For me, that's a food sensitivity, and then I'm full in for three days, and I get a... Um, a discharge in my, my ears, which is always the sign that dairy got uh, snuck into my food somewhere. And as a, as a young girl, I had five ear surgeries. And it was probably all a dairy sensitivity way back then. I had no idea. Milk's supposed to be good for us. Not for, not for many of us, actually. Well, you're lucky you have those uh, immediate feedback because most of us don't, don't have a clue. So I hear you, you saying really? that oxytocin, hugging, love, etc., is very important. Uh, progesterone cream, um, you know, each night, five days a week is important. Ten percent, we can uh, break our fast. That um, infrared sauna is very good. Uh, weight-bearing exercise and after a hot shower, dipping in the cold until we don't notice it that much. So those are some immediate recommendations. Those are immediate recommendations, and I would add in there, have lots of sex. <laughs> That's really powerful with the, with your mate. You know, a loving relationship with healthy intimacy and sex life between married couples, we know, is a key marker of longevity. And, of course, one of the biggest factors for increasing oxytocin. But physical changes as we age can affect that. So, um, really, that's one of my 
my big um, areas or platforms is called sexual CPR to help people regain intimacy and connection and get rid of the things that are um, interfering with that so that we can have long, healthy, happy marriages and a good sex life for our entire life. That's the number one. That's a really good longevity biohack. So tell us more about that. (laughs) So... I wrote my program called Sexual CPR, and be careful when you Google that. Just go to sexualcpr.com. Who knows what will show up, but that's sexualcpr.com. That's my site, or dranna.com. And my sexual CPR program, my first call is free, and it's help doctor call 911. My sex drive has no pulse. So you being in the ER can really appreciate that. So, you know, we do CPR, we have the ABCs of CPR, but we have the ABCs of sexual CPR as well. <clears throat> and the first is, well, really, like, there's seven key areas that can affect our sex life, and a woman's sexual drive is different than a men's sexual drive, and the things that drive a woman to have more sex is different than the things that drive a man to have more sex. So it's important to understand these differences and open the lines of communication between couples. So you can express what you want, what you like, what you don't like, what feels good, what doesn't feel good. And as we age, physiologic changes to, for example, for vaginal health, dryness, is a huge deterrent for our sex life and our intimacy, even without speaking it. So um, that's a big thing. That's why I created my product, Jolva, uh, the anti-aging cream for the vulva, to help us because there's nothing available over the counter that really turns back the hand of time for our vaginal and vulvar health. And if we have pain and discomfort every time we do something, why would we want to do it? Women struggle with this. And with mirror neurons, if you're uncomfortable and you're powering through to have intimacy with your husband and you're having discomfort, those mirror neurons are, you know, giving the message, look, I'm not enjoying this. I'm not enjoying this. And I've heard from so many women, yes, I just power through for him. And, uh, man, I can go on and on 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 about this, but using, you know, vaginal hormones like testosterone and DHEA, using Jolva topically um, on the entire pelvic floor anatomy, that just is, is game-changing. It really does. It turns back the hand of time. You have normal, natural secretions and moisture and more pleasure. And so... Um, and that increases intimacy. I have a woman who's 66 years old. She's been using Jolva for four years, and she was single for 15, so she married two years ago. So it's been a really important part of having uh, into healthy intimacy with her husband. But she also went to her gynecologist a few weeks ago, and she um, sent me a message right away. She goes, Dr. Anna, my GYN says I have the vagina of a 25-year-old. And you have to love that. You have to love that. That's so important, and it makes a change in our lives together. And the second thing is um, a couple I had doing my sexual CPR program, she started using Jolva. And, you know, there are other things like communication, right, being present. These are messages that we have to to, um, adapt, understanding that his her pleasure is his pleasure. All of those are important parts to sexual CPR. And so with um, that and using Jolva, she said, Dr. Anna, we went from being roommates to being boyfriend and girlfriend again. I feel like it's a second honeymoon. That that is job done, in my opinion. Isn't that beautiful? That's what I want. We've got about three minutes left. Can you tell me about the five key points in your new book 
And then we're going to close out. You can leave your website and information how people can get a hold of you. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So in my new book, Menu Pause, you got to love the name, right? <laughs> I would say the next book I'm going to write, and the Menu Pause. No, but this is Menu Pause. And um, so in Menu Pause, there are five six-day menu plans, each pausing something out. So one is a keto green, keto green extreme plan, which is more like autoimmune protocol, really to help calm down inflammation within your system. The second plan is a carb up plan. So it's uh, increasing your carbs. And the third is, because sometimes we've been so restrictive, we've forgotten how to eat healthy carbs. Some of us, right? Not you, Susan, but some of us. And the third, the third, another plan in there is more of a carnivorous plan, very low carbohydrate, pretty much all meat and organ meat based and um, uh, protein fat based. And then there's a cleanse plan in there as well. And that cleanse plan is six days essentially of shakes and teas to heal intestinal um, issues and a nice way to support detoxification and resting our digestive plan and still feeling satisfied and energized while we're doing it. So those are some key components of the plan. Another is a straight keto green, more of a, a very alkalinizing, nutritious plan to, to really incorporate some um, key alkalinizers, greens, herbs, and spices into your diet in a fun and easy way. And plus, I bring in like an international flair. I've always loved this, you know, this truth that way back in the Turkish Empire, the physicians to the king prepared his meals. The food was medicine. How do I, you know, address to, you know, the king's um, disposition today by the food they eat? And so going back to the development of herbs and spices and different dietary patterns, I mean, it's just a beautiful, beautiful way that, um, that I love looking at food as medicine. Wow. That's a wealth of information. Um, it's, and, you know, and so uh, we can learn so much, uh, so much about hormones and about how to keep us healthy as our hormones change over time. So can you, how about giving us some of your websites and how people can get a hold of you? Yeah, please, please join me at DrAnna.com, so D-R-A-N-N-A.com. And um, I've got lots of free information on there, some free ebooks, and there are my books, The Hormone Fix, Keto Dream 16, and soon-to-be-released Menu Pause. And um, I'm on Instagram at The Girlfriend Doctor, and TikTok, and Facebook, and my Keto Green community. That's a great place to join in and kind of get a kickstart into the Keto Green lifestyle, too. So thank you for well, having me on, Susan. It's yeah, always thank amazing Thank you for all that information about our hormones, diet, how we can keep healthy as our body keeps changing in spite of what we want it to do and how we can get our body back on track. So I recommend that uh, look up uh, Dr. Anna's information in her books. Uh, go to her website. Talk among your friends. Share it with your doctors and, you know, so we can all be better and share information. And above all, be well. Thank you for listening. Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Here's to better health for you this week.